my main reason for being down from uh, Glasgow is that we have a meeting tomorrow in the Houses of Parliament. Uh, you may know of this, but some MPs are coming together and we're having a dinner and we're going to talk to them about the situation in Iran. Uh, just a few months ago, I was in Armenia. And we had about 40 or 50 Christian leaders from Iran. Uh, I've had one of the most enjoyable weeks I've ever had with Christian people. And actually, I was teaching on the book of Jonah. And you remember in the second chapter, Jonah finds himself on his own. He's being uh, swallowed by this big fish. And he's completely isolated. And I said to my Armenia, uh, to my Iranian colleagues, how would we cope if we were on our own? I didn't know then that in just two months' time, the religious police in Iran would uh, visit my friends uh, and along with other Christians take 40 into jail. And we've been doing all that we can to try to bring pressure on the Iranian authorities. Uh, to bring about the release. I've had contacts with the Archbishop of uh, York and with the cardinal in charge of the Catholic Church here in the United Kingdom. Brother Sam has been using all the contacts that he has in order to bring pressure on our government to bring pressure on the Iranian religious authorities. And that's the reason why I'm down here over this weekend. To speak hopefully to influential people in uh, Westminster. And to believe that God in His grace will do a work of... Uh, Releasing not only the captives in Iran, but making the situation easier for the proclamation of the gospel. It's amazing what God can do. I made reference to being in Armenia. Prior to that, I'd been in Pakistan. I'd been at a place called Abbasabad. And if you remember the story of the arrest of Bin Laden, 
Եթե հիշեք երբոր բռնեցին բեն լադենին ոչ թե նրան մենակ բռնելը այլ նրան սպանելը Bin Laden was just a mile away from where we were holding our conference. Bin Laden make mile herwer gdum antaris vor make mer conference un. We had about 50 people at this conference in an area controlled by the Taliban. Hitsun hokyan der konferansi ek masnaktsun meter vor Talibanerin ein tirapetum. Two of the people who came to the conference Yerku hokyan vor konferansi masnaktsets. Were Islamic scholars who had converted to Christianity. We had absolutely no idea that Bin Laden was just up the road, so to speak. I have got folk from my college who are actually working in that area. We have a Christian hospital. And we have reasonable cooperation with the Taliban. Because some years, some years ago in that area, there was a huge earthquake. Tremendous amount of damage was done. And Christian people went into the area and help the authorities with the net result that there is a good rapport between the Pakistan authorities in that area and my colleagues. So I just give you that by way of some uh, uh, context and introduction to what I want to speak about this, uh, this evening. Before I come to my Bible reading, let me tell you one more thing. And this story will help to illustrate what I want to get across this uh, this evening. Just three weeks or so ago, I was in Nairobi. An honorary pastor of a huge church of 4,000 people. And that's only the second congregation that meets on a Sunday. And I invited a man to come along. He wasn't just an ordinary man. He was the former president of Kenya. His name is Daniel, Daniel Moy. And I came to know him some years ago. But what I told the people who gathered about their president, they didn't know. Daniel Moy, who was one of the most influential people in Africa, who knows Nelson Mandela and at the other end of Africa and the other end of the political spectrum he knows Gaddafi if you turn the clock back 70 years he is just an, an, an African boy of 10 years of age a very humble background very ordinary person. Who would have thought that he would become the president of Kenya? He reminded me of another lady who I knew in Calcutta. 
She wasn't Indian. She wasn't an Indian. She comes from Eastern Europe. Very, very small. When I was with her, I had to lose about two feet. In order to see her eyeball to eyeball. She's a friend of Princess Diana. Princess Diana and I didn't know when I was talking to her. But within a few months she will be dead. And I thought about this lady. One of the most famous women in the world. Her name was Teresa. Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa. Who was just a peasant girl in Eastern Europe. And yet she became one of the most well-known people in the whole of Asia. Why do I use these two stories? I want to take you to the book of John and the sixth chapter. To, to a story that you will have read on many an occasion. Here is our Lord Jesus. And he's got his disciples with him. And in the sixth chapter of John, you discover the disciples have been with him for some hours during that day. Thousands of people are gathered together. And Jesus gets the crowds to sit down. Before that, let me pick up the reading. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test them. For he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy who, with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place and the men sat down. About 5,000 of them. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated. He gave them as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they'd all had enough, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted, so they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves. 
Leftover by those who had eaten. Let's pray. Father, we ask as we look into this passage of Scripture, and bearing in mind a couple of stories which have just been related, we ask you to speak to us. Challenge us from your word. Help us to believe that you're able to do more than we could ever think. Take our lives and use them. Because we ask this for Jesus' sake. There are not many miracles that Jesus did that are recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. But this is one of them. Բայց մի փոքր տղա հինգ հացով եւ երկու փոքր ձուկ and sometimes i think about that little boy i wonder who he was i wonder what his background is very often in india i find myself in villages and in africa we've just built a huge school amongst villages who are very very poor And this boy came from a similar sort of background as these villagers. But this is 2,000 years ago. There's no television. There's no radio. There isn't too much to interest a boy in a village. But on this particular occasion, a huge crowd goes past the village, and this little boy tags along. After all, where are all these grown-ups going to? And who is this man who's leading them? So we'll follow the path of this little boy for a moment. He links himself to this crowd. And he listens to Jesus. I teach my students. And whenever I take pastors' conferences. But if you don't recognize the importance of speaking to children. You really don't have much reason to be a minister. Because children are so important. You have to be able to speak to children. And this little boy listens to what Jesus has to say. And it's an extraordinary incident if you think through in the context. Because if you read all the stories about this miracle, You discover that this crowd has been with Jesus for many hours. 
կանդրադարմակ, որ այս ամբոխը Քրիստոսի հետ եղել է մի քանի ժամ։ Առավոտվանից շուտ, մինչ էր կեսորից հետո, այս ամբոխը Քրիստոսի հետ է։ Այս փոքր տղան իր պատարը իր հետն է։ Մի փոքր տղա ինչ կանի, դե թե իրան կերակուր Եթե այս գիշերվա սկզբին ամեն մեկիտ մեհա շոկոլատ տված լինեին, հավանաբար արդենք կերած վերջացրած գրինեիք։ Սա շատ բնական մի արձականք է մի փոքր տղայի համար ուտի անից, որ ձերքն է։ Բայց այս տղան դեր իր պատարները պահած է։ Մենք մտացում ենք, որ հրաշկը այս հինք հազարին կերակրել կշտացնել են է։ Բայստրանից ավելի մեծ հրաշկ այն է, որ այս տղան իր հինք կտորհածը և երկու փոքրծուկը չի կերել դեր ունի։ Որ տեղի սպերավ այդ հացե գարից շինվացած, երևի մի փոքր խարույք է պատվաստել, հացը թխել է, և որող հետ է աս գալելի այմ է տեղի ունան գուծ է իր հայրը ծգնոշը, լավ ձուկ է բրնել, Ուրեմը հացի հետ ավելասում է երկու հացուկ, որ անալ եպված է։ Եվ տղան ճանապարվում է։ Ամբոխը տեսնում է։ Շարունակում է նրանց։ Ինչ առավելություն նի փոքր լինել է։ Մեծ դինելը առասնաշարջում չէ, ես մի շենքի մեջ է եմ երեք, Սկոտլանդի մեջ, և դուրը վեծ ոտ կեր, ինքը վեծ ոտ և երկու ինչ է, և չանդրադարձամ և գլուխը զարկամ դրանը, բայց աս փոքր տղան, լավ է, որ ավելի փոքր է, և չի ուզում մեծերի հետևը նայելու, ուրեմը ինգ սինքը առաջ է խոտում, որովտև նա շատ հետաքրքրվով մի տղայի, ուզում է տեսնի ինչ է կատարվում այն, ուզում է լսել հետաքրքիր բաներ, որ ասվում է, Ուրեմը լսում է այն ինչ, որ Քրիստոսը պիտի ասնեց, ժամ և ժամ և ժամ, վերցնում է այն ինչ, որ Քրիստոսը ասնում է, շատ տակոր է, արևը պայլում է, մարդիկ ծարավ են, չորացել են ծարավից, Քրիստոսը դաս է տալիս, Նամենակ չի բավարարված խոսելու մարդկանց հոգյու հետ, նրանց մարմնական կարիքների համար էր նա հետաքրված, երբ որ ես ընտկասնան էին, 
բորոտների մի գյուղի մեջ էին some of them don't have fingers նրանցից մեկ քանիսից մատներ չունեն some of them have sockets but no eyes աչքերի ծակը կա բայց աչքը չկա and before ever we could proclaim the gospel to them բայց նախ քան որ մենք կարողանանք աստծու խոսքը կիսվել նրանց it was necessary to do something about their physical need կարևոր էր որ նրանց ֆիզիկական կարիքները հոգային jesus calls us to life of compassion քրիստոսը կացել է որ մենք ողորմած գտնվենք concern for the poor ողորմած գտնվենք խեղճերի հանդեպ ողորմած նենք նրանց որ մեր պաշտոնից ավելի ցածր մասնակից են իր ծառայությունը եւ քրիստոսը որով հետեւ կլիման այնպես է որ նրանք շատ ծառավ հոգնած եւ սովաց կլինեին and so he asks the disciples to feed them որևէ ասում է աշակերտներից որ նրանց ծնեք and the disciples say we really don't have any answers jesus աշակերտները պատասխանում են մենք պատասխան չունենք սրահը so it becomes a spokesman ֆիլիպը սկսում է ամենի կողմից խոսել and he said if we had 8 months wages we couldn't buy enough food for all of this crowd եթե 8 ամս վարորջիկ ունենանք չեն կարողանացնել այս բոլոր ամբոխի and then another disciple came along մի ուրիշ աշակերտ է մտնում his brother yeah fire and andrew says andrew ասում է this is a boy here մի փոքր տղակ այստեղ is the only one with any food միակ անձնավորություն է որ ուտելիք ունի իր հետ five loaves jesus ինք հաց Two fish. But how far? Inch can get tasa. How far will they go among so many? Es kan hokumet inch kan hokuk kishtas. And inbuilt into the question is the answer. Yev ait hartsumi mech pataskhanele gtnu. They're expecting Jesus to say. Nrank spasmen Kristos asi. Not very far. Shat chi eshta. Not very far at all. Pavakan chi lini. Jesus there's a woman in the 20th century. Ksaneros dari mech mikinka. She can't even speak the Hindi language. Մինչև անգամ հինդի լեզուն չի կարող նա խոսել։ She has nothing going for her. Ոչինչ չունի իր կողմից։ How far will she go, Jesus? Ինչ կան կարող է նա առաջադիմություն ունենա։ And this woman goes to India. Ասկեն է թում է Հնդկաստան։ She ministers to the poor. Ծառայում է աղքատներին։ She takes on in in contrast a, a ministry that that compares so wonderfully with with that of Hinduism. մի ծառայության մեջ է մտնում որ շատ հեշտությամբ կարելի է բախտատել հինդուիզմի հետ one the worst gods in hinduism is the goddess kala ամենա վատ աստվածներից մեկը goddess kala չաստված kalan է and there is a temple to her in the center of calcutta մի տաճար կա այնտեղ կալկաթայի կենտրոնում it's almost obscene շատ ատելի է դա but mother teresa gets some land mother teresa դաշտ է առնում alongside that temple այդ եկեղ պատճարի մոտ builds the clinic մի քլինիկ է կառուցում and contrasts the love of god as expressed through jesus եւ ցույց է տալիս հակապատկեր ձևով ցույց է տալիս քրիստոսի սերը with the paganism of this particular hindu god եւ այդ ժամանակվա չաստվածության հետ how far 
How far can a girl from a village in an obscure country in Europe go in the 20th century? And in effect, Jesus says, watch me. Watch what I can do. A young fellow came into my office when I was principal of a theological college. This would have been seven years ago. He's as black as coal and shiny face. A wonderful man. Very poor. And he comes into my office and he tells me what he's going to do when he leaves college. He said, I want to go back to my people. He was a member of the Africa Children's Choir. Boys and girls who've been singing in the West. Making the needs of Africa known. He's a young man. And he said, I want to go back. I want to go back to Uganda. I want to establish a school. I want to bring boys and girls who, like me, are orphans. And he spelled out the vision that God had given to him. And I'm thinking to myself, this is just impossible. He doesn't even have the money to pay the fees of the college. And yet he's going to tell me that he's going to make an impact upon his country. Bring education and homes to homeless boys and girls. I was with him just two months ago. And do you know what he's done? He went back to Uganda. He went to the city of Kampala, which is the capital of Uganda. Uganda used to be controlled by one of the most evil politicians that the 20th century knew. His name is General Amin. He had his killing fields. Where thousands of people were slain. My student, now a graduate, has 28 acres of the killing fields of General Amin. And into that area, dozens and dozens of boys and girls have come. He has a school. He has an orphanage. He has a clinic. He has a couple of farms. Just amazing. And he's not 40 years of age. And what I'm telling you is true. I was there. I know him. How far, Jesus? How far will an African without any money go? Who can't even afford his airfare to get back to the country from which he came? And Jesus says, give him to me. 
I have come to the conclusion that sometimes the most bizarre things that people say in terms of what they believe God wants them to do is likely to be right. Because God can cause those who are inadequate to become adequate. Amen. Five loaves, Jesus. Two fish. How far will they go? And Jesus says, let me have them. And Jesus takes the bread. And he who is known as the bread of life. He who is beyond the, he, who, he who is behind the whole of creation. Shows his ability. As the people sit down. And he lifts the bread of a humble village woman. Before his garden father, he prays over the bread and he breaks it and breaks it and breaks it and breaks it and breaks it. And the little boy's watching. His eyes go to sources. Wait until I get home and tell my mum about this bread. She's never going to believe this. And then Jesus takes the fish. And he breaks it. And he breaks it. And he breaks it. And the disciples too are amazed. As they take the bread and they take the fish. And they give it to the thousands of men and women and boys and girls. And the whole of this miracle is traceable at one level back to the inadequate offering of a little boy. Now, Jesus never performs the miracle without having a double motive. Miracles are not only just to help people in terms of physical recovery. Miracles encapsulate, miracles have within them a basic teaching uh, doctrine. You see, in a couple of years' time, this little boy won't be with Jesus. Just the disciples are with Jesus. Matthew chapter 28. Jesus has the 11 disciples. He has been crucified, he's been raised from the dead. And he's going to leave the disciples. And he gives them an impossible task. Go into the whole world and preach the gospel. Jesus, we speak with respect, but aren't you really giving them something to do which is absolutely impossible for them to perform? Eleven disciples. Just a few weeks ago, they have been quarreling like kids in a playground. Just a few weeks ago, they have embarrassed you. 
One of them, the leaders, takes out a sword and, and chops off the, the, the ear of the high priest's servant. The last miracle that Jesus performed on earth was to undo the damage done by one of his disciples. And Jesus says to this group, go into the world. Go and feed the world. Feed them with the teaching that I have taught you. Preach to them the preaching that I've preached to you. But Jesus, how can they do it? They're inadequate. And then it comes back into their minds. This little boy, utterly unknown, with just a humble offering of food. Five loaves, a couple of fish, and Jesus says to the disciples, Give them to me. You don't think this kid counts for very much. You don't think this child counts for very much. You don't feel that these loaves and fish count for very much. But don't you see the point? Jesus takes that which is inadequate. And he makes it adequate in his sovereignty. And there is not one person who comes from Armenia. There's not one person who comes from Iran. There's no one in the whole world. Jesus cannot take. Use him or her in his service. In the Pentecostal church where I was brought up, we used to sing a chorus. It is no secret what God can do. What He's done for others, He can do for you. I often wonder what happened to that little boy. We don't have any exact history. But according to tradition, and I like to believe that it's correct. He became a great leader of the Christian church. He joined the army of the inadequate. Alongside the 11 disciples. Alongside the 120 men and women. On the day of Pentecost, alongside the 3,000 who committed themselves to Jesus as a result of Peter's preaching. And these are the people who turn the world upside down. And don't you see, as it was then, so it is today. How do you answer the illustration that I give you from Uganda? What's, what's the explanation? General Amin was the butcher of Uganda. General Amin Ugandai Martaspaneh. And my former student is fast becoming known as one of the great philanthropists and social uh, capable of social change in the country. Yev im ashagete hamba vestanum ammena karog mekeris mekvor pochume. 
Sit on the front row. And then he gets up after I finish preaching. And he starts to speak to the people. And tells them again about the blood of Jesus, which has cleansed him from his sin. And when he's, when he's finished, I go back to the lectern. And I address these people. I said, he's your president. Now let me tell you about him. And I told them the story of how he was just a village boy who came into a mission compound, heard Irish Presbyterian missionaries tell about Jesus, and gave his life to them. Now don't you see? This boy is anonymous because he stands for every boy. He stands for every girl. Jesus sees significance amongst the insignificant. When an unknown woman comes into Jesus' room, and anoints and wipes the feet of Jesus, much to the astonishment of the disciples, Jesus says she has done a good work. 
Wherever the gospel goes, what this insignificant woman has done will be related, will be told. And the whole of the Bible is full of illustration of ordinary people whom God took and made extraordinary. And this is what I will be saying if I get the chance tomorrow at Westminster. Why do we want freedom for Christian proclamation? Because in the message of the gospel, the whole world is embraced. Amen. Boys and girls are precious. Elderly people are precious. Everyone is loved by God. Who yearns to see the salvation that his son brought on the cross. Experienced by everybody. That's the message I bring to you. Here in South London. It is no secret what God can do, what he's done for others, he can do for you. Let's just stand on this place. And can one or two of you come and lead one or two songs that simple English songs which says you deserve all the glory and the honor as we lift our hands in worship to glorify your name you deserve the
Make a kiss now.